Let's talk about bad fuel. Fuel going bad, literally, spoiling in the tank, going off like the chicken. Thanks to COVID and lockdown and general inactivity on the car operating front, is this actually a thing? Details next. I'm John Canogan from autoexpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap for buyers here in Australia. Website for that, obviously, or you can just... Click the car that's up there now, dude. I've been getting this question quite a lot throughout COVID and... You know, there's lots of cars sitting around not doing very much driving. And certainly fuel, both petrol and diesel, they both change chemically over time, you know. Down there. But is this really something you need to concern yourself with? I've been reading up on how long petrol lasts before it goes bad, both in the tank in my car and in a sealed fuel jerry can. Then there are fuel stabilisers which extends the life. Then I saw an article stating fuel stored in steel cans lasts longer than plastic. What would be a plausible explanation for that? Or they might be saying the can itself lasts longer. Dunno on that. Okay, so let us bunk and debunk some of this, shall we? First up, this bullshit about, quote, I've been reading up about this. If your car doesn't have a problem, dude, let us not be solving it, okay? Let us not go to Dr. Google slash cars and invent something to obsess about because non-problems essentially do not demand solutions, do they? Just, I don't know, think about boobies instead. I find that just as productive and, frankly, far more relaxing. The most cited reference for these fuel-going-off claims is a four-page PDF from BP, which I will link to in the comments, and you can have a read of that at your leisure. First up, though, fuel is not the friggin' bread, the milk or the eggs. Like, it's not the chicken on the barbie, dude. Right? It doesn't go bad like fresh food, okay? It's not like that. Prawn heads in the hubcaps or something. Totally different fuel, okay? It does not work that way. Fuel merely degrades gradually over time, like gradually, unless you do something horribly wrong with it, okay? Lots of genius organisations out there, I note, like Suncorp and JD Power, etc. Like dudes who should know better, they're trying to game Google's search results by lunching off this BP fuel going bad reference, but in reality, they just pay some cheap ass writer with no technical knowledge. So, what you get as the recipient of these fuel goes bad search results that you do when you are bored shitless on lockdown is you essentially just get a mixture of bullshit gibberish and fear-mongering. How to know if petrol is stale? Look out for sediment at the bottom of the tank, water separation. Suncorp there, and I would be frankly surprised if Suncorp employed a single industrial chemist as an industrial chemist. And frankly, that statement from them, which you just saw, is just 
indefensible bullshit. Like, how exactly are you expected to, quote, look out for this freaking water separation or this sediment in your fuel tank? X-ray vision? I really think it's a bad idea for ordinary people, i.e. not Superman and not mechanics, to pull fuel systems apart or attempt otherwise to look into a fuel tank, which is usually just jam-packed with highly combustible and otherwise very hazardous vapour. So there's that. If there is a problem with your fuel, okay, it's likely to present itself as a failure of the engine to start or generally rough running or hesitation under load or an engine check light. And frankly, that's what I would be looking out for. So shame on you, Suncorp, for not knowing your ass from your elbow on this. But Thanks so much for putting it out there anyway for website search indexing so that you can get more website traffic. <laughs> well done. Hashtag assholes. BP actually says, The storage life of petrol is one year in a sealed container. Once the seal is broken, the fuel has a storage life of six months at 20 degrees C or three months at 30 degrees C. Okay, so let us subject that to just basic scrutiny, shall we? For most of us, petrol does not actually come in sealed containers. So that's kind of irrelevant bullshit. And thanks a lot. Well done, BP, for being spectacularly unhelpful to the majority of the consumers of your product. Overwhelmingly, we decant our fuel from underground tanks and we put it directly into the sealed fuel tank in our cars. Pro tip on this, okay? Fuel systems in modern cars are sealed by legislation to prevent evaporative emissions like fuel vapour from just fucking off into the atmosphere. So there's that. On the other hand, your lawnmower and things of that nature probably not sealed in that way. So evaporation could be a factor in fuel quality there, but by the same token, the engine in your fine lawnmower is in such a low state of tune, frankly, that even a substantial reduction in fuel quality is unlikely to matter to the lawnmower operationally. Petrol is, of course, a blend of complex chemicals, and the lighter end tends to evaporate first, and this leads to an increase in both the density of the fuel and the octane rating if evaporation is allowed to proceed. BP provides a somewhat interesting table where it says fuel in a, quote, fuel tank which is pretty non-specific, I'd like to know more about the storage conditions exactly. Is it sealed or vented to atmosphere, for example? Anyway, they say fuel in this tank gets 5% heavier via evaporation after five weeks, but once again, you'd have to assume that's a lawnmower-type tank scenario and not a modern car, seeing as ongoing evaporation is just not a thing in modern cars because the tanks are sealed and so is the rest of the fuel system. Even if this were to occur in a modern car, right, there's a knock sensor which allows the engine to adapt on the fly to variations in octane rating and an O2 or lambda sensor in the exhaust allowing the engine to adjust the air-fuel ratio on the fly as well. So 
Evaporative variations in fuel quality over weeks to months will not damage your car's engine or stop it from running normally. In a peer-reviewed open access paper from intechopen.com titled Liquid Fuel Aging Processes in Long-Term Storage Conditions, which if you try to read it, warning, fair, fair warning here, it's really hard going technically. I tried, I skimmed a lot of it. Anyway, the authors noted a study by the Automotive Industry Institute which found a reduction in RON rating in petrol samples stored in sealed steel drums, try saying that with three bottles of bourbon on board, in sealed steel drums for four years, okay? They noted this variation. The RON was still technically compliant with applicable standards, however, but there was a reduction caused by the formation of resins over time, and the amount of resin depended on the initial fuel's composition. That's after four years in variable weather conditions, in sealed drums, okay? Nothing in the study suggested that the fuel was operationally unusable after that. They in fact concluded that fuel storage was a complex system and it is not possible to create a single algorithm describing all model processes of their aging during storage. And in my view, this is the difference between actual scientists commenting on this and marketing department bullshitters. Your average marketing or media bullshitter needs it to be a soundbite, dude. And Reality doesn't work that way. It's really not a soundbite. Speaking of which, a full tank limits the amount of oxygen in the tank which the gasoline is prone to evaporate into. Jessica Choksi from JD Power there with her wires well and truly crossed in my view. So well done there, Jessica. Advising people to keep their tanks topped off for the oxygen. Fuel does not react with atmospheric oxygen, like not that much, not that quickly. Certainly it oxidizes, but the process is slow. There is very little oxygen in air, okay? Air is only about 21% oxygen gas, which is like one liter in every five. And if you've got 25 liters of fuel down there in a 50 liter tank, you've actually got about 30 liters of air because there's also an airspace for expansion built into the tank. And 25 liters of fuel weighs about 19 kilos and that requires about 280 kilos of air to oxidize fully at an air fuel ratio of 14.7 to one. And Air weighs about 1.2 kilos for every thousand litres, so you'd need roughly a quarter of a million litres of air to oxidise the 25 litres of fuel in the tank fully. And you've only got 30 litres of air down there, right, in the tank. So that's enough to oxidise roughly fuck all, roughly fuck all of the fuel. 120 parts per million-ish, if you want to get more specific than that. Like, don't waste my time with this oxidation rubbish. Even if there's water in the tank from condensation or other effects, other chemical effects, adding to oxidation in your tank, it's a minor effect in the context of a car that's not getting used as much as it was pre-COVID. As for evaporation, 
This is when fuel vapour rises up and saturates the air, not the oxygen, Jessica, back to school for you, but once that air actually gets saturated with fuel vapour in the tank, the process of evaporation stops because that's how this works. The air in the tank is a sponge, metaphorically, and a sponge can only hold so much water, or in this case, fuel. The fuel cannot just run away, evaporating out of control, because the fuel system is sealed by law. It only has access to a fixed volume of air to evaporate up into. It can keep evaporating in your busted-ass lawnmower, most probably, but not in your car, not a relatively modern car, say a car that's sort of up to 10 years old or something. So look at it this way, dude. Say one day, just hypothetically, we have this big global pandemic all around the world and you go from commuting every day and filling up twice a week or something to just driving to the shops twice a week so that you don't get cabin fever and to stock up on you know, life's essentials, the masks, the hand sanitizer, the toilet tissue, Stuff like that. Say, I don't know, it's 5Ks round trip to the shops. That's going to be 10Ks a week of driving for you. Something of a come down, I know. 520Ks every year, which is about one tank of fuel in an average car. Every 12 weeks or 13 weeks or something, you'll be down to a quarter of a tank. So stop at the servo on the way home once every three months and buy a quarter of a tank live life on the edge, mask up and fill up, keep JD Power Jessica happy and her quaint oxygen evaporation hypothesis, right? This way, your tank will be a shandy of brand new petrol, three-month-old petrol, six-month-old petrol and nine-month-old petrol kind of thing. There won't be too much air down there. It's highly unlikely that you will experience any operational problems whatsoever with that fuel. Just think about boobies instead. Phase separation is when water contaminates the fuel tank or fuel system, causing the ethanol content to separate from the regular petrol. Thanks to the high-tech miracle of media fear-mongering, you've probably also heard of the fuel phase separation thing which affects ethanol blended fuels like E10, which is commonplace here in Australia. This is where humidity from the air condenses to liquid water in the tank when the temperature drops and it mixes with ethanol in the fuel and turns into a layer of somewhat unhelpful sludge at the bottom of the tank. Chemically, this can happen, okay? It's possible, but it frankly doesn't happen all that much. It's more likely on poorly sealed tanks like lawnmowers and in marine applications where ethanol blends are really not recommended generally for exactly this reason. But if you are buying only one tank every three, six, nine or even 12 months and you are concerned about this phenomenon, live life even further out on the ragged edge and use unblended petrol, like straight petrol, 95 Ron or something like that. You will not even notice the additional cost. And another non-problem is solved. <laughs> Boobies, here we come. Diesel is not a volatile fuel, therefore it does not suffer from starting issues or from issues of evaporation that petrol does. Perhaps you are one of those red-blooded, blue singlet bogans preparing for another COVID-inspired pilgrimage 
to Dingo Piss Creek. <laughs> because you cannot, I don't know, travel overseas and drag the reputation of Australia even further into the sewer by behaving exactly as you would at home. Shit-faced by 10am, no pants in public, things of that nature. The Australian way. If that's you, I suppose you are concerned about diesel and operational implications for your fine 4x4 wanking chariot. Sadly inactive, sprawled across the nature strip, just like you were last Friday evening. Filter-blocking sedimentation is a risk with diesel after about just one year, one whole year. Okay, just get the filters changed more regularly if the fuel in your tank is approaching its first birthday or just go out and drive a little bit more. How hard is this? Fungus and bacteria can also grow in diesel, of course, provided there's water in the tank from atmospheric condensation. BP's recommendation there is add a diesel-compatible biocide to the fuel every six months if you are not chewing the juice that often in your 4x4 chariot. My recommendation here is just hitch up your three and a half ton acoustically transparent aluminium chitois. And yes, I am referring to your god-awful caravan, the cockroach of the highway and the visual scum of the burbs. Head for the fabled creek, oh gold, and just never return. It's what you want anyway, clearly, and certainly it's in accordance with what the rest of us are hoping for also. So what a neat fit. Best regards. Dude, it's been emotional. Next up, okay, fuel stabilisers. I've only got bad news here for the sellers of these largely bullshit additives. You don't need to bother. Even if they work, it's not a thing. Complete waste of money, I'd suggest, for 99% of fuel users out there. Fuel is simply not unstable in the context of being operationally problematic over 12 months or so, even if you're only buying one full tank of fuel a year in quarter tank increments once every three months or something. I would say, however that cars generally do like a good run down the highway, just like the dog, only not the highway in the case of the dog. And, you know, they are, this is the cars again, not the dog, right? They are susceptible to many operational problems, generally, the less you use them. Cars just like having a run. Maybe you should relearn to live life right out there, beyond the razor's edge, as ACDC would have said, by going for a pleasant Sunday drive. How hard is it, dude? Just take the family somewhere scenic and have an argument with a view for a change. You cheap bastard. And finally, as for Paul's other question about fuel lasting longer in steel containers, that's bullshit too, I think. So at least this is kind of consistent debunking of bullshit. The only references I can find that relate to that are about the durability of the containers themselves, with steel generally regarded as superior there, but frankly, they're both pretty durable. This is for approved containers only, the ones with the standards mark on them, which is all you should ever use exclusively for storing or transporting fuel because it is properly dangerous stuff and you need not lose sight of that ever if you're moving it from A to B. Approved fuel containers, be they plastic or steel, are inert as far as the fuel is concerned and that's the whole point, I'd suggest. 
So all of this hysteria about the fuel going bad down there, it's a non-thing for the vast majority of fuel owners, car owners, car storers, car drivers, whatever, pandemic or not. Unless you have a classic car collection with a whole bunch of cars that statistically never move, never turn and burn, this is a non-problem. And I'd suggest for you, if that's you, the boobies are a substantially superior option.